No, no, no. She's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host, financial counselor and tax consultant, Dr. Friday. G'day, I'm Dr. Friday, and the doctor is in the house on this overcast Saturday. And for many of you, tax season for 2022 is kind of over. For a few of you that might have been procrastinating a little bit, if you live in Rutherford County and a couple of the neighboring ones, remember you're under a storm, federal storm damage. So you guys have until July 31st, theoretically, if you did not file an extension, if you're under extension, then you're fine for right now. But if you haven't paid your tax bill and you still have the ability to get the money, you might find that you don't have any penalties until that date. Unless, of course, you have to make quarterlies. Uh, but the actual amount due would be less for those that are in that area. So really important to make sure that if you are at that situation, that you're dealing with what you want to do and how you're going to uh, take care of your taxes. As an enrolled agent licensed by the Internal Revenue Service, I do taxes and representation. That is what I do a lot of. Um, so if you have been getting love letters or maybe you haven't received any love letters, I've had several that come in this last week, no love letters. They're just tired. They want to get even. They just want to get everything resolved and they're just ready to get, you know, to figure out what is it going to take to get back on track with the IRS so they can file their taxes on time, not worry about their banks or their paychecks or their homes uh, having levies or liens against them. It's very, very important to understand what your rights are, how you can do it, and what you're going to be able to do. And the first thing I know many of you guys listen to this station, there are other people other than myself that does this, a lot of them advertise, they don't do their own radio show, but um, just be careful with anyone, including myself, get that first initial meeting, do a face to face, talk to them about how this is going to be about you, what your particular situation is going to be. It sounds so great. I had a client that texts me. And she had had some organization, of course, as soon as there's a levy or lien or anything that the IRS has put out there on public knowledge, they then start bombarding you with all these great deals, wonderful situations. And one of them, they, uh, she, she sent me a, a text and said, well, for, you know, $400, they said that they would do all the representation and they would, um, and if they didn't get it done, they wouldn't charge her anything. Well, I'll be honest, I would be just as nervous about those than the ones you hear that says it's $5,000, $2,500 down and $500 a month until we get uh, caught up and then we'll be able to start representing you in, in this. Because to me, that seemed like it was extremely low. I mean, it takes hours to get an offer and compromise or a payment plan or anything else um, organized. I mean, with clients that have been dealing with me for a number of years, you know as well as I do that sometimes it could be six, eight months. I mean, I finally just got a reconsideration and we did this back in like November. 
Um, and, and now they're, they're contacting us with um, the ability to resubmit the information on something that we had opened up. So nothing is going to move fast with the IRS. No resolution is going to be, you know, hey, I want to get all even because I'm getting married next week. Well, that's not going to happen um, unless you have an awful lot of cash and you're just going to try. And even then, to be honest, if, if you haven't filed taxes, they still would have to be accepted. You still have to pay the tax bill. You would still have to worry about penalties and interest. No matter what, there would be a time period that is required for you to file your taxes. So if you're an individual that's sitting here listening, or maybe you know somebody, um, you know, let's get that initial meeting. Let's figure out what we can do to find out if we can even help you. Are you in a point? Because I've had, again, last week I had a gentleman come in. Seemed like he was ready to, to talk about doing it. But when I outlined what was going to be required, uh, making quarterly estimates, making sure that he was setting aside money, working on a budget and, and doing all the requirements that we are going to need. And to be quite honest, most of us are self-employed that run into more tax issues or somebody took money out of a retirement plan that didn't know that was going to be taxable or something like that, a one-time situation. So- all of that being said, you, you know, when he left, he, he was going to get back with me because he wasn't ready. And it's, you know, I can do the best job. I can get you 10 cents on the dollar, which is not for everyone. Let's just be honest, but let's say I do. But if you can't stay current for the next five years and you pay your taxes on quarterlies, if you're self-employed, you don't owe, or if you do, you pay that tax bill at the end of the year, you can't have a payment plan, et cetera, et cetera. If you can't do that, if you're not at a point where you're really ready to be serious about really making a different life change with the IRS, then all the work, all the money, all the effort would be out the window because the IRS says, hey, if you don't stick to this deal, which means we'll give you an offer and compromise, you pay us a lot less than what you owe us, but you must stay current for the next five years and you can't do that, guess what? It's all out the window, all that. And then now you're back to owing them the same amount plus penalties, plus interest, and now new debt because of the situation. So just saying, this is a very good time. I know you know people keep calling about the 80,000 um, IRS agents that are going to be coming on board. We none know how many agents are really going to come on. We know that the original funding fell through, but there was additional funding added, a 15% increase, but that wasn't going to hire 80,000 people. So the question is, are you ready or are you not ready to actually take on the new lifestyle you want so that you're not chasing the IRS with debt but doing the opposite where you are actually paying them every month. So that way the IRS is not in your bank account. The IRS is not in your 401k. The IRS is not in your house because when you are behind on anything with the IRS, what do you think they think? They think you made your mortgage payment. So guess what? Now that house is ours because you didn't pay us. You put money into a retirement plan. Guess what? That money is now ours because you didn't pay us. That's the way the game is. So when you hear a lot of times people saying, well, I've gotten them 10 cents on the dollar. We have. We have had many very successful offer and compromises that were amazing. But also keep in mind, those individuals did not own homes, did not have um, retirement accounts you know, that were large dollar amounts, didn't have any real assets. So the government had very little opportunity to be able to collect in 10 years what was owed to them. 
That's what they're looking at. And there is a way of there's, there's a calculation, there's a, a system that is in hand, but you need to make sure that you are dealing with someone that you're going to be dealing with for a while. So if you're looking for someone that's going to help you start dealing with the IRS, guess what? I'm your girl. You need to give us a call, free consultation. Let's find out if we're on the same page. And you, if you have any questions, sorry, I got onto the whole little wagon there. You can join us here in studio right now, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986 is the number here in studio. Maybe you've received a love letter or you have some questions about something that's come back. I know we have had a couple interesting phone calls this week also from, from existing tax clients that have received letters saying that they needed more information. They need you to call the IRS to prove your identity. So if you have one of those letters, it isn't a false letter. I have one person that just swore it could not possibly be the IRS, um, but it was, and it is. The IRS is working very, very hard on identity theft. And so they are, um, most of the ones I have had in my office are people that are older um, that have filed tax returns and they're just checking to make sure that that person truly filed that tax return, not something that's gonna come back at them. So again, if you, have a question about that or any other love letters you may be receiving, then it's important to be able to ask that question. And again, we're not taking down names and numbers. So, um, you know, no question is, uh, you know, lots of these people think, oh, I don't want to sound stupid on the radio, but there really isn't stupid questions. You know, it's, I don't want to say it's stupid because that's very rude, but it's, if you don't, if you don't ask a question, how will you ever know what the answer is? And if we don't know the answer, and keep in mind, the questions that you ask, a lot of times other listeners are sitting there thinking, yeah, yeah I, would, I wish I had asked that question. I've had that more than once. I've had people come in the office said, yeah, I was listening in that one you know, person. They, they called and they asked that. And that's exactly what I was thinking. Not everyone's made for asking questions on the radio. Gosh knows I would not be um, if I wasn't always talking on the radio. But it is important. Um, so if you have a question or you have something you think would be an interesting subject, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, where I'll take your calls talking about my favorite subject, IRS, taxes, filing your taxes. If you filed an extension, remember you now have until September for your business, September 15th, and for individuals, October 15th, unless you're under the federal extension for storms, and then many of you have uh, right now until July 31st to file those taxes. So I want to make sure that we are dealing with um, the IRS. I also will say I have not yet, I don't know about any of your guys' experience, but I'm still not having a uh, a great time trying to reach um, under the 1-800-829-1040 number, the, just the regular individual phone number to try to get questions answered for clients. Um, we are doing a little better on the hotline uh, that we have for tax practitioners, but even that's still taking three, four, five hours to get something done. So um, we'll be interesting to see if we do get a few more people out there trying to deal with um, that. So let's hit Lisa before the break. That way she didn't have to wait through. Hey, Lisa, thanks for calling. What can I do? Hey, my son is permanently disabled, and he was receiving SSI. Okay. When my husband started drawing Social Security, um, I received a letter from Social Security saying that my son might be eligible to draw off of him now. Mm -hmm. 
So we had to do some paperwork, and that went through, and they approved it. So now he's receiving more money, plus they back paid him to the point to where my husband was receiving. Right. So he is now, like I said, he's now getting it based off of his father. So will he now be responsible to pay taxes on that since it's a different thing than SSI? Great question. And the answer is no. Even though it's not Social Security disability, it's just regular Social Security uh, for um, a disabled child or spouse, the same, uh, same thing. No, it's treated the same way. So he is still most likely your dependent. It's not considered earnings, yeah. but he will not pay tax if his only income is that Social Security. Yes, it is his only income. And, you know, that's all he'll ever be able to get. So, right. Okay. Good deal. That's a great question. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to um, go into our first break. If you want to join the show, you can at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday Show. live in studio and if you've got a question all you have to do is pick up the phone 615-367 I'm sorry 615-737-9986 615-737-9986 taking your phone calls talking about my favorite subjects one of the things that came up over the break was looking at some of the scams that the IRS is talking about. And one of the big ones that I think people need to watch out for, because I've actually had people calling me as well, is the um, employee retention credit, employee retention tax credit, ERTC. Um, You guys are, are, and I'm also getting many phone calls where people are saying that, you know, we can get you 20, you've already been pre-approved for $22,000 for per each employee, and uh, they're they're saying that there is um, all kinds of different radio ads and different things, and to be very very careful. First, let me point out, unlike PPP and um, some of the other um, advance or or funds that we received during the uh, stimulus and all that that we received during COVID, the employee retention tax credit is a taxable. B, you have to go back to the tax years that they gave you the refunds for and file. And if you, I mean, and you're going to owe taxes because obviously we're reducing your tax bill unless you had a really big NOL. Then we have to pay penalties because they're going to say that you filed and the correction was late. This is all on the books. You can ask your tax person. You can go through and make sure. But if you're getting a lot of information, a lot of calls, I know I probably get four or five from clients saying, how do I qualify? They're sole proprietors. They never had any employees. You do not require or you do not qualify for the employee retention tax credit. You didn't have any employees, but they're being told that they are. And so just be careful when you get that question. All right, let's go to Billy, who has been nice enough to give us a call. Hey, Billy. Hey. What can I do for you? Can you you hear me? Okay. Uh, Hey, I was just just, uh, wanted to ask you a question. I had a have a friend that uh, I've loaned money before, and uh, he loaned me. I, I loaned him some money uh, last year, and I forgot to add that on to my taxes, the interest that he paid me on it. And I was wondering mm-hmm. if I could wait to do that till next year. I've 
No. My taxes are still with my the tax lady that fills them out for me, and she hasn't called me. I figured they ought to be filled out by now and turned in and everything, but haven't received a call from her or anything. Well, and let's hope that, and I'm not going to say it got busy during tax season in our office as well, but let's hope that she actually sent you a copy and had you signed off before. She may have just filed an extension, but the answer to your question is, no, you need to file the interest in the year in which it was received. So she either needs to amend, which is very simple to do, and then you need to send in maybe a few pennies more, depending on you know how much we're talking about. Um, mm -hmm. And or if it hasn't been filed yet, she can still update the tax return, um, and then you can file it, you know, with that information on the original taxes. But either way, you need to touch base with her and see what she has. Okay, so I've, I've been needing. I, I just haven't. She usually calls me and tells me they're done, you know, and everything. Right. But, uh, and she may, may she may be like me, where there's a, a stack on her desk still, and she's working her way through. All of them had extensions, but she may be still uh, working on uh, on your taxes. But I would just say give her a quick call and just get an update, if nothing else. And if she says they haven't been filed, she filed an extension, then just let her know about the situation either way. Okay. I appreciate it. And I uh, really enjoy listening to you. Thanks, Billy. I appreciate the phone call. All right. Mm -hmm. So we are talking about some of the scams that are out there. And another big one that jumped up, and I've never never had anyone, but there's a fuel tax credit um, meant for off-highway businesses like farmers and things like that. And the IRS is really auditing this information. They're finding that many of the people um, are not even farmers or, or have businesses off highway where they're using the fuel, but they're pumping in big numbers on that line to get this credit. So again, if you're, if you're looking at your schedule F and you see a large dollar amount, uh, under fuel tax credit, you might want to make sure it's one of those things that you should be providing. And in some cases, if you got a large farm and you got a lot of farm equipment, sure, you apply. And that's exactly 100% correct. But if you're just a little uh, hobby farm and you're writing off $2,000 worth of fuel, I would say that would probably be questionable unless you have the receipts. So again, one of those things you just want to make sure that if you're, even though you are going to somebody, it is your responsibility as the tax payer or your name's on that return to make sure that the numbers make sense. Sometimes if that refund is just too big, I mean, I can't tell you how many audits a year we deal with where the IRS has picked these people um, and then they have no idea that these people even had Schedule C's or anything else. So just, just make sure your taxes really represent you, not just some figment of someone's imagination. All right, let's go to Ken in Hendersonville and see if I can help him out. Hey, Ken. Hi, Dr. Friday. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling. I situation. I just got a new job offer, which I've decided to accept, but it will require me to spend $9,000 to uh, have some equipment for it. And uh, I'm going to need to take it out of my IRA account. And I wonder whether I should take it out of the traditional IRA or the Roth IRA and what the tax implications would be for that. Well, um, it won't be a simple answer, but if you're going to take it out, I guess it would be what are you single or married? Here's why I, I would calculate. You married? Yes. Okay. Um, what is your wife work? Uh, she's retired. Okay. So the question I would have is: Are you guys making more or less than a hundred thousand in that given year? 
if you say it's going to be less, then I would personally take it out of the traditional IRA. Keep in mind, I have to put this little caveat. I'm not a financial planner. So this is how I would personally make this decision. But if your yes. income and everything's going to be, uh, you know, all of your incomes added together is under 100000 I would take it from the, because that's going to put you at roughly 12%, about as low as it's going to get yeah. in life. If it's over that mm -hmm. hundred, then I would actually have to consider possibly taking some or part or all from the Roth. I see, Does because with the Roth, you don't, yes, you don't pay tax when you take it out with the Roth, right? That is correct. Um, are you 59 and a half? I'm going to be 68, actually. So, yeah, I'm well, past that. Okay, so, so you've exceeded. So there'll be no penalty and you can take it out. So that's the, you know, and it may even be a, you know, five from each. I mean, I'm not saying it's black and white, but I would try to keep it as low as possible uh, for the taxes. So again, under hundred, you'd pay basically 12% on that. And that's pretty good because you're going to pay it sooner or later on a traditional more possibly later. Uh, but on the mm -hmm. Roth, obviously that's tax-free money. And so, you know, it would be uh, a no tax situation on you, but it really comes down to is what's your combined income and how much tax are we looking at? Right. I see what you're saying. Combined income is a little over 100000 So I'll have to make sure I consider that option there, what I'm going to do. But that does give me some insight into it. Thank you very okay. much. I appreciate your answer. Thanks, Ken. I appreciate the phone call. Um, okay, so we're going to. Um, yeah, sure. Thanks. Uh, we're got another person coming through here real quick. Oh, Jim is on the line. Let's hit Jim. Hey, Jim. Yes. Dr. Friday, how are you? I am awesome. What do you have happening in life? What can thank I help you, you with, yes, me? Sure. Thank you so much. Uh, I love your show. Very good. You're a very uh, wealth of knowledge, my dear. 457 plan, roll it to an IRA. That's not taxable, correct? As long as you make it institution to institution? Correct. Very good. That was we'll an easy sure one, Jim. Correct. I think you, you may have known that one. <laughs> but yeah, 457 plan is just a tax deferred plan as long as you roll it over to another IRA or um, most likely it's an IRA, then you should be, you know, custodial to custodial. You're perfect. Yes. Very good. Thank you, Doc. All right. Thanks, Bud. All right. Yeah, Those wonderful questions. I appreciate it. All right. So we are going to go one more time. And another thing I want to hit on, and I know probably people like, but unscrupulous tax preparers, it, you know, every year as a tax professional, we get notices we get flyers we get uh if you're on a phone call with the irs and there's a lot of time there's open forums you hear about these different things one of the things you have to be careful guys is whenever you're picking a, a person a cpa enrolled agent they have at least the education and the ability not only to prepare that tax return and the education to do it but also to represent you and stand behind the tax return that was prepared you also want to be careful with anyone that gives you the idea that they're going to take a portion of your refund. I'm sorry. As soon as you hear the word that they're going to take a per, oh, hey, we can get you five grand and we'll just take a percentage and you can keep the rest. Walk out the door. No person that is an ex-professional doing taxes is going to take a percentage of your refund not going to happen. You know I mean? It doesn't make a difference. If you make money, you don't have money. Most of the time it's your own money coming back to you. If they're doing something to get you a larger refund, that is a problem. Another big problem I have is people not signing. So it says self-prepared at the bottom. 
of the return, doesn't have their federal ID number or their P10 or anything else on that tax return. It just says self-prepared. If it says that, and yet you've paid someone to prepare your tax return, no matter how good, that means that person's not going to be accountable for whatever's going on that. So again, very important that you do not just walk away and say, oh, wait, you know, this is great. Thank you for preparing, but there is no accountability. So if you're looking at getting someone to do your taxes, ask some questions, make sure they're going to be accountable. You know, I mean, I'm not going to tell you that mistakes and, and things don't happen. Sometimes just like the gentleman called, maybe his tax person is running a little behind. It sounded like he still had a lot of confidence in her and knew that she was going to follow through and that she'd take care of him. That's that's the relationship you have with your tax person. But if you don't have someone that's going to give you that confidence, then why aren't you just preparing yourself? You probably could do just as well. And at least you know that the information going into that return wasn't made up. Very, very important. Because if the IRS finds out there's a mistake, guess what? That person that prepared the return is not responsible. No matter what, it's not responsible. It's only responsible is you, the person that signed and your name on that return. So the only accountability is many of us that are professionals will have, you know, you know, insurance and things like that. But the people that don't want to put their name on the return, mm, let me tell you, people walk back out the door fast, fast, fast. All right. We're going to take a second break. If you want to join the show, you can at 615-737-9986. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday show. Coming at you live. All right, we're back here live in studio. And if you want to join the show, you can at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls, talking about all of our favorite subjects, making sure that we have everything we need to, to, to make sure we can either file our tax on time, make sure we understand what's coming down the line as far as taxes, making sure we're not missing out on any kind of tax credit that's available to us. Um, you know, and again, under the employee retention tax credit, we know the CARES Act did some additional paid went went through uh, 2021. Uh, but again, that is going to be expiring very soon. So if you have not done your employee, the legitimate employee retention tax credit, that is for employers, individuals that had W-2 employees during the 2020-2021 tax years, and that they kept those employees during the hard time, and that there is some retention now. Again, that is going to turn into taxable income for you. So it is important to make sure that you have that information and that you are using a reputable company and that they are going to make sure that the information is submitted properly and you know what's going on. For all of you that may actually have uh, some tax issues, maybe you haven't filed all your taxes on time, you don't know exactly what the options are. There are a few options, but keep in mind, when we talk about offering compromises, I saw an email come in and wanting to know who qualifies. It's not that simple. There are different types of ways of qualifying for an offering compromise. And uh, that usually is when you hear, when you hear the, the, the term offering compromise, it's usually when we're going to be making a deal because I have people that says, well, what if I just go into the IRS and say, hey, I'll pay you $50,000, even though I owe you 80 and see if they'll, you know, well, they just negotiate with me. 
And the answer is no, there is a process. And sometimes people will owe less than what they thought they will. Sometimes they'll owe more because of what you have in assets and other um, type of funds, usually assets, stocks, something like that, that's going to come in and come back at you that you have the ability to pay the IRS. Just because you wanna make a deal with them doesn't mean they're going to take the deal. Um, and sometimes I think people don't give bankruptcy an option that a lot of times from certain generations, it comes down and you're like, you want me to go bankrupt? I'm like, there is ways of going bankrupt that may save you. But again, bankruptcy, a lot of bankruptcy attorneys don't look at IRS issues when they're putting in the bankruptcies. So there are rules. Again, you have to be more than 31 months. You have to have been out in the system. You can't have an offer and compromise pending if you're doing it because unless the 31 months of collections already been out there. So there are some things you have to consider when you're doing it. But hey, when it's done and you actually can make a deal or you can take it into a, um, bankruptcy, remember under bankruptcy, they can't touch your home. And in many cases, they can't touch vehicles or anything like that. So even though we deal with the IRS under certain types of formats, I'm not a bankruptcy attorney. They are better at their job, but there are some out there that really do understand the tax law as well. And so you wanna make sure you're dealing with somebody that is dealing with the IRS, if you have IRS issues along with other debts, then maybe you do it. I have people that have solely went into bankruptcy because of the IRS and it has worked. Not everybody's going to get it. But again, if everything was for everybody, then the world would be a very boring place. So if you want to join the show, you can 615-737-9986, 737 9986, taking your calls, talking about different issues. And again, I want to make sure that you understand, if nothing else, right now it's between tax season, right? I mean, if you have a big bill from last year, had a gentleman come in and we did his normal 2022 taxes just last week. And and um the year before he owed like eight, and this year he owed like six. And and um and in 2023, they actually had a baby. Uh, but anyways, the the question or the conversation, because every time I have that, I usually say, hey, guys, we need to readjust your withholdings. But due to the fact that there was a pregnancy and, a, and unfortunately, some other health issues within the work, the, the job he works at, they weren't able to adjust. But this gentleman was was prepared. He just set aside money every paycheck and was prepared to make the payment. But if you are an individual sitting there and you're listening and you're like, yes, every year I have to write a check for four, five, six thousand dollars, then you know that your withholdings are not correct. And a lot of times you'll you'll sit there and people will say, well, I'm claiming married and one and I have a wife or I have a husband. And, you know, first thing, if that's all you have, married and one would be one too many because married already means what? Two, right? Otherwise, there wouldn't be the word single on the tax return. So you have married. And if you're married in one and you don't have a child at home you're claiming, then you're already claiming one too many. And that explains why you probably owe taxes. If you and your spouse both work and have, you know, decent jobs, you're most likely exceeding what the, the tax code again says married. Married means you're supporting someone else. 
And if your spouse is working, you're not really supporting them. So most likely one of you probably needs to go to single and zero if you're at the higher tax bracket. Single does not mean on your W-4 that you are really single. The IRS doesn't care as long as you pay in enough money. If you don't want to change, then there's also a form on the W-4 form, there's a line that says, I want additional withholdings. Well, guess what? You owe $4,000. You get paid every two weeks. So you're now going to have an additional amount so that at the end of the year, that money has been withheld because the last thing you really want is the bank account that you would live off of and you pay your rent and you, you plan for your vacations to have IRS money in there. As an entrepreneur or a business owner, most of us and, and most of my clients, we set up a separate bank account just for taxes because I don't want to look at my general checking account and think, oh my gosh, wait, 25% of what's in there is going to be the IRS. And I don't remember how much has went through there. So I could be upside down and every dollar that I think I have might be Uncle Sam's. That's the game you don't want to play, guys. It isn't that hard to estimate how much money you owe the IRS every year. It is harder in some ways for entrepreneurs because some years they're up and some years they're down. And keep in mind, when it comes to what our requirements are, we're supposed to make four equal payments based on the prior year. That's great for the years that were really low. And then the next year you're doing really well. But the next year when you do really well and you now your tax payments are $10,000 a quarter and you're only making $40,000 for the year, that will be a very difficult tax thing. So you have to have some common sense and you have to be able to estimate at least how much do I owe? Because the last thing we want is to have the IRS in our business. It's easier if we don't, but you will always have a partner in business if you are having rentals, if you have a small business, if you take money out of an IRA, like the gentleman that called, he was smart because he's thinking, if I take it from a traditional IRA, I have to pay taxes. If I take it from my Roth IRA, I may not, in his case, he wouldn't owe any taxes because of his age is over 59 and a half, assuming that his Roth IRA had already been in there for five years. So those two questions would lead to, well, first answer is, oh, let's just take it out of the Roth. But we want to keep his effective tax rate as low as possible. In 2026, people, remember, we are going to be changing tax laws if it doesn't happen before then, right? The tax laws that we have go, um, they expire December 31st of 2025. So that 12% becomes 15, the 22 becomes 25, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Everything goes up. So if you're in the you know 28% tax bracket, you'll now be in the 32. So you'll go 15, 25, 32, which means you've jumped up like nine times to do that. So just really important to be able to understand your situation and how it's going to go. So understanding what your money is today and also predicting to the best of our ability what our tax situation might be in the future. Because right now we have the lower tax bracket, lowest I've ever seen in my 50 plus years. And for many people older me, I'm sure uh, my dad always talked about when he was young he you know he was in the um of course he wasn't working he had a large family but the tax brackets were up to 60 percent 60 percent tax we freak out when we hear 37 percent so just saying taxes have been higher in the past 
No question with the way spending in the government's going, it's going to go higher again. So maybe making some adjustments today may help us in saving tax dollars later, especially with most of our IRAs already at the lower points than they have been in the last few years. So you should talk to your financial planner, see maybe a Roth conversion is a good time for that kind of situation, even though you're still going to have to pay the tax and maybe paying the tax now and letting it grow the next 10 years or something tax-free, you may end up in a better situation. All right. So we're going to get ready for our last break. If you've been wanting to join the show, now will be the time to jump on board and give us a call here at 615-737-9986-615-737-9986. We'll talk a little bit about more about a few of the scams that are out there to make sure you're protecting not only you, but the seniors in your life, because a couple of them are targeted directly at people that are used to just, you know, talking on the phone, sharing information and what you can do to help them. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday show. All righty. We are back here live in studio. Got a few more minutes left. So if you've been holding your breath and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to talk to Dr. Friday. Well, now will be the time. 615-737-9986. 615-737-9986 is the number here in the studio. Okay, so one of the things we need to also talk about is um, what we need to know about the 1099K. That was, came up on one of my emails here, and it was someone asking, okay, so they have a small business. Always starts out with that conversation. I've had a little business, and um, I sell things on Amazon, and I just go around to swaps, or I go to discount stores, and I buy product, and then I list them on Amazon, and I sell them. And she goes, I don't really make any money on it, but keep in mind here, people, 1099K is a business form. All of us that have had merchant services for a number of years received this. You are now going, it was delayed. So they pushed it out. And now 2023, they will be sending them out in 2024 for the year of 2023. Initially it was 2020, 2021, 2022, they delayed it. 2023, they're telling us it is going to happen and you will get it in January or early February of 2024 for anything that you use merchant services. Now, it says 10 is still required to be sent out in 2022 if you had more than 200 transactions. So a few of my clients did get them, but many of you guys did not. Um, now, it's going to change because in 2023, it's going to be based on $500. So if you sell more than $500 using merchant services, then you're going to merchant services could be PayPal, be using Amazon, any of the Venmo, um, you know, Cash App, any of those that you have, it's going to come down. Now, again, they have not yet, I've not yet seen anything that tells us how we can do the difference between like Venmo, me sending my brother some money to pay him back for dinner or that being income to him or myself. I don't know the answer, but that answer is that you need to start accounting for your expenses. This is the secret here, people. You're in business. If you're taking money in and you're giving a product of any sort, be it uh, your brain doing some sort of artistic thing, or you're using products and you're buying and selling them on, on Amazon, 
you need to be making sure you're treating this like a business, which means you're putting receipts, you're going out and tracking that information, you're making sure all that information is going through. And then when you get the end of the year, you're able to take the, the income in, the expenses out, and whatever profits or inventory you're sitting on. Because a lot of times people don't understand that if you go and spend $20,000 on on a bunch of supplies, maybe you brought a crate full of something. And so it's still sitting in the house, but hey, I spent the money, but the product is still there. So that means you still have equity in that product that's sitting there. So you need to sit down. Ideally, this would be a good time for you to find a, an accountant, a bookkeeper, a tax person that can explain how the 1099K is going to affect you, if it's going to affect you at all. I have a couple people that are on disability. So they're limited to what they can actually earn. And they've been doing this, uh, in my opinion, on the side. And now it's going to come out that they actually have this little business. Um, and so they need to be addressing this to make sure everything is correct. Because if you do things wrong, you're going to end up with the IRS. And I mean, 1099K audits have been around, goodness, since at least 2014, 2015, when they started coming back out with Obamacare, where they actually started really pushing having those. Um, and they would match them up with people that would have their Schedule Cs or corporations, and they would come in and say, well, your 1099K showed 250000 but you only reported 248000 as income or 250, and you're saying you didn't receive any cash at all? And, you know, and I have found... We had several situations where that was true. The individuals were in areas where they didn't even take cash. They only accepted payments through electronic currency. So that being said, it's also important. And for all of you guys that are in virtual currency, Bitcoin or any of those other uh, electronic currencies, uh, keep in mind that it's still a big deal with the IRS. I was on a call not a few weeks ago and they were talking about how they were um, planning to do certain audits and, and try to get, they do these, um, I call them like small audits where they choose a certain industry or certain type of thing and they try to figure out what they can audit within it and what the audit issues are so that they can then take on auditing those areas um, locally here we had one about two years ago where they did um, use car lots and they just picked a whole bunch of them and started auditing them because they found that there was certain things that they could identify or not identify with them. Um, and, and that was important to be able to uh, identify. So if you're a business owner, if you're an individual and you may not think of yourself as a business owner, oh, I'm only selling things in my house or my, my thing, but the government will consider you a business owner. If you're using a marketplace where people are paying you with Venmo or Cash App or any of that. So very, very important that you take on the idea now. We're already five months into this. So if you've already been doing this and you've already sold $500 worth of something through these, you need to be sitting down and really thinking about how am I going to report this so it doesn't create a huge tax issue for yourself. What kind of documentation can you start collecting? Is it carrying a cash book? So you go to garage sales and you write the date of the garage sale, the address of the garage sale, and you take pictures and attach a receipt for what you paid for. So you have some documentation because we all know a lot of times you use cash when you do that kind of thing. Nothing wrong with it. There is a way of doing a proper paper trail for the IRS but you need to start doing that. Otherwise, you're going to be the one saying, well, I went out to a garage sale. I paid cash for all this and I sold it. Guess what the IRS is going to say your cost basis is? Zero. That's right. 
You have no cost basis if you can't prove it. All right, guys. So that's my two cents for the day. I'm going to um, be here next Saturday. So if you have questions or if you want to reach us after, um, obviously, Monday morning, you can. Our office number is going to be 615-367-0819. Again, I'm an enrolled agent licensed by the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representation. It's what we do. We also have a small bookkeeping firm. So if you're a small business owner, we can help you with that. But my expertise is taxes. So if you haven't filed taxes or you've got love letters or you just want to see what the status of something and you need some help because you haven't had any resolution, again, office number 615-367-0819. Also, you can email me friday at drfriday.com. And that way you can try to get an outline of what you want, how it's going to work for you, or if we're even going to be on the same page. Our initial consultations are always free to make sure that we can help you do whatever it is we need help doing, because I'm not one that's just going to go out there and say, oh, this is what we're going to do. And this is how I need to make sure I can do what I'm saying. So again, as an enrolled agent, we are licensed by the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes. That's what we do. So if you have tax issues or you need help filing taxes, or if you just want to get uh, a second opinion on maybe a tax issue you have going, you can call our office on Monday, 615-367-0819. You can also email Friday at drfriday.com. Or you can go to my website. If you have no idea who I am, maybe you just were flicking channels and you got uh, started to listen to the show and you're like, wait a second, I might need this kind of situation. You can go to drfriday.com. That's how we deal and what we're going to do when we're dealing with your tax situation. And if you have questions on financial planning or if you're trying to figure out some of these other tips, I, I do have references. If you need somebody to help you with your financial planning or an attorney, remember if you have your name and you're dealing with the IRS and let's say you have children and their your name is on their bank account, uh, someone just sent a thing over here, uh, an email and they were saying, well, if my name is on a bank account with my children and I have IRS issues, I think all of you listening, if you've listened for any period of time, you know the answer to that. The IRS can take the money from any bank account that has your name on it. One of the reasons we don't suggest having your name put on your parents' bank accounts and we don't suggest you having your name on your kids. Now, sometimes you don't have a choice because minors can't have their own bank accounts, but there are ways of protecting it. Um, so you want to make sure if you have IRS issues and you have your name on a bank account that really isn't yours, then you might want to think about reconsidering how or what you're going to do with that. Because the IRS is going to consider any money in any bank account with your name on it, their money. So again, you can reach us at our office Monday morning at 615-367-0819. You can email Friday, F-R-I-D-A-Y at drfriday.com, Friday at drfriday.com, or you can go ahead and go to the web at drfriday.com. Hope you guys um, truly enjoy this Saturday and uh, Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day for all those mothers out there. I have one of the best moms, and I hope you guys uh, tell your moms they love him. Copulator.